0: Hey, everybody, I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my move the ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special trainer series, where I'm interviewing performance trainers who coach professional and college athletes, get players ready with workouts in the off season and with combine specific training, and who just help athletes to perform at a higher level. And I wanted to incorporate this series into the show because whether you are a pro athlete or an all-star player in the game of life, we all need coaches and trainers to help us advance, to move the ball and to reach that next level, both on and off the field. Okay, so for today's episode, my guest is someone who is here in my neck of the woods and one of Chicagoland's finest pro trainers, I might add, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his thoughts, his lessons, and his insights is Kerry Neal. Kerry is a former NFL linebacker who is currently a sports performance coach and the founder of Win Performance. Kerry played college football at Notre Dame, where he was a four-year defensive starter, and he played professional football with the Indianapolis Colts. During Kerry's 10 plus years of training elite level athletes and his coaching career, he has played a pivotal role in hundreds of athletes' careers, and he has helped all levels, including youth, high school, collegiate professional, and Olympian level athletes. Kerry, welcome to the show.
1: honored honor to be on. I thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm excited to feature you as part of the series and have someone represented from my neck of the woods from Chicagoland, as I mentioned earlier so let's start off our conversation just talking about as someone who played football both in college and at the pro level talk to us about what is it in your mind that makes guys that make it to the pros elite like it's not just the talent there's other things that make them get to where they're trying to get to what are those things in your mind?
1: Talent is the big part of it I would say I hate to use the word luck because one of those things that people use that word luck a lot of times but you work for those opportunities, right? If somebody go down with an injury, the next guy got to be up. You just got to take advantage of the opportunity. So, A, you got to get granted the opportunity. Then you can just get your foot in the door and you can go from there. A lot of these guys, they work. And they, God bless these guys with so much talent and god gifted ability. Those are the huge keys. Then just discipline it takes to be professional athlete, to Olympic athlete. Like, it takes a lot of discipline, a lot of lonely days in the gym by yourself. I mean, early mornings and late nights of it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of hard work, discipline, dedication that goes into athletes being able to make it to that highest level of competition. And as someone who played at that level, what is it for you that made you fall in love with football? Why football?
1: So it was crazy. So I started out as a basketball kid. I love basketball. You know, I didn't start playing football until I got to seventh grade. My older brother, Dallas, he was like, the man in a hometown. He's like, uh, and everybody used to call me Dallas little brother. My brother was so competitive and he had more trophies than me. I had all basketball trophies. He played basketball, played a little baseball, football, and track. And I was like, well, only way I can get more trophies is I got to pick up another sport. So I picked up football. One thing led to another, I'm going to Notre Dame after that, right? (laughs) The rest is history after that.
0: And being a competitive athlete, there are so many lessons that you learn that just prepare you to be successful in anything that you do in life. And I talk about a number of those lessons that I found from football in my book, Move the Ball. And so I want to ask you, from being a competitive athlete of multiple sports, what were some of the lessons that you learned that have helped you to be successful?
1: Discipline. I think that's one of the things that I took with me owning my own company now. No one's going to wake me up. No one's going to make you do the right things. You know, what I mean, the small little details. Just be very detail oriented. That's one of the things that my high school and college coaches and the league coaches always talked about, just the detail. That's there, I try to preach that to my team now. Just being detail with our work, detail with everything we post, detail with our work, detail with even the exercise that we select. Our programming is very detailed when it comes to training our athletes is very detailed with making sure that form and technique is the number one thing. I would say from just other than that, I was just the hard work, right? You just got to get up and put the work in, put the time in. Being able to work with others that you may not have anything in common with, right? It just makes football has made like the real world so much easier as a man, as a business owner, as a coach. It really have molded me. I credit football to my success in this industry, big time.
0: And let's talk about your coaching journey. So when you were done playing with the Colts, you ended up going into the world of coaching. Talk to us about how did you get started with that?
1: So I came out, my draft was 2010. That was the year of the NFL lockout. We wasn't even sure we was going to have football. So I started working at the local gym, gym called EFT. I worked out there training, getting ready for the league. And I started helping a couple kids out with just their football development. And it kind of just grew. It was really... One of those things that kind of just organically grew. Then a lot of people in the area were big time Notre Dame fans. Just kept helping a lot of kids, helping a lot of kids. And I left when I played, ended up getting hurt. I came back and I was rehabbing. And I was just doing it at first doing it just to make some money. By time, right, as a free agent, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. You may get a call. You may be flying out. You may be just working out. So I was just doing that. And one thing led to another, it just my business and just clientele just continued to grow. I worked there for nine years. And then after like my ninth year, I decided to go out on my own and boom, I opened up Win. So it was really just, it's one of those things that like, I just put everything I learned from a player, everything I learned from just studying and everything I learned as when I was getting coached, I kind of just built my own program from there and just put all the science behind it. And just, it's constant learning. That's the biggest thing I try to tell everybody. It's not one of those things that I popped up overnight. I've been putting in close to 11 years of work for this moment here today.
0: Yeah. And people think when they see people that have these successful businesses, whatever business it is, that they just came out of nowhere. But like you mentioned, I mean, you were doing coaching for many, many years before you opened up your own gym. And so it's a grind. There's a lot of work that goes into being able to be a successful business owner. And so let's talk about you opening Win performance. So you had your grand opening November 10th, 2019. How did that feel to open up your own facility?
1: I mean, it was amazing. Business partner Pete Houlihan and I, we kind of just brainstorm of what we wanted our image and how we wanted to present it to the world we got our team together and literally we just wrote everything out like i'm old school i write everything out on pen and paper kind of just wrote just everything that we can think of when it comes to the gym from equipment from the looks from the color from the smell from how the layout you know what i mean it's one of those things you just write it out just kind of get the business plan written down and you kind of just grow it from there grand opening. We had over 200 people here, which was amazing. Just seeing it grow from first day into now. And we had a lot of success early in this industry. We started to hit green pretty relatively early, which was amazing. Then COVID hit. I mean, that was a whole nother monster of scary times, but somehow, some way we made it out and not only made it stronger, we made it through COVID. So we going now with full steam ahead, fully confident that we survived that. We can survive anything.
0: Sure. So let's talk about COVID for a minute, because that was obviously an interesting time for all of us. And there was a lot of adjustments that had to be made as a result of this global pandemic. And I know you and I have talked about our journeys and what we've done during the last year and a half to continue to grow our businesses. But talk to us or so our audience. knows What were some of the things that you did during COVID to really try to continue to push your brand, to grow your business, to keep the lights on?
1: It was crazy. So my partner, Pete Hulan, his wife had cancer. She was diagnosed with cancer, I want to say, in October of everything. It was shortly after the Grand Open. I don't know the exact date. Everything happened like a blur. That was a whole nother monster that we faced through the pandemic as well. But during the pandemic, it was one of those things that we had probably about 25 to 28 NFL guys that had to train. The NFL took a little time off, but they was back. So... We was going to fields. We was doing in-homes. I was doing in-homes. I was loading up my truck. My truck became the gym. I was literally like loading up my truck with equipment, meeting guys in certain locations, we will trained, do speed workouts, do whatever we possibly could to just try to stay afloat, going to people, training people in their garage, training people outside in front of their houses at different high schools. And you know what I mean? Sneaking around, just training people, doing the best I could to stay alive.
0: Oh, I like that story. And and what I was thinking about as you were sharing that is something that I heard a long time ago was when you take high performers and you put them in any situation, they're going to figure that out. As competitive athletes who've played at the highest level, you're a high performer. You figure out how do I navigate whatever obstacles have come in my way so that I can continue to move the ball, continue to achieve the objective, continue to win. So that's exactly what you did. You packed up your equipment, you put it in your car, you're, you're shifting, you're adapting, you're adjusting as you need to, to be able to continue to make the business go.
1: Absolutely. We always say winners win. It's one of those things like it's very cliche to say, but it's very true though. Like you can really sit and just cry about it and just have a pity party, right? And complain about little things that you can't control Or you can just put your foot down and just pivot, right? And just try to make the necessary changes to try to, again, keep to move the ball, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And so this podcast, we talk about sports, we talk about business, we talk about branding. So when you're a business owner, your brand is very important. And thinking about, okay, what am I going to call my gym? is an important element of building your business. So talk to us about how did you come up with Win Performance?
1: Uh, it was interesting. So every day I used to just write down. I didn't want to have my name on it. I knew that. Like I didn't want to have like Carrie Nell no Performance or Carrie Nell no Training System. I didn't want anything like for some reason I just never wanted it to be about me or wanted myself to be a center of attention in it. So I just literally just got on my iPhone, went to notes, and I just started writing down workouts, like writing down names. And every day I would just send a different name to my guys or one of my friends, like, what do you think about this? And then one day I just came up with the word, like, win performance, I sent it to Pete. And I sent it to our GM, Grant, at the time. And everybody said they loved it. And it kind of just stuck after that. It's one of those things you throw it on the wall, see if it sticks. And that one that's the one that stuck to the wall. And we just ran with
0: it. Love it. And so let's talk about some of the guys that you train. Share with us some of the guys that are playing in the NFL that you have helped to perform better, to either be stronger, be faster. I know you've shared with me some of the stories that you've helped shave guys this time for their 40s. So talk to us about some of the people that you work with.
1: We have guys from Thinking About Chicago. Tyreek Cohen, we're from the same hometown. He's like one of my guys. Charles Leno, he's one of my guys, long tongue guys. Jordan Howard trained here with me. Eddie Jackson, he trained with Pete. Rashad Coward, who was with the Bears last year. DHC, DeAndre Houston Carson, he's one of our guys. Julian Love, Miles Borkins. Trent Shurfield, who played with the 49ers. Rashad Melvin, who's with Carolina Panthers now. Matthias Farley. Naquan Jones. Jesus, it's a long list of guys. I can go on and on. Kenny Moore. Kamu Kilgo Hill. He's, um, he's with Houston Texans right now. Olympic athletes like Asia Evans. She's from Chicago. She's been a friend of mine through this whole process. She's a ton of high school kids, like Riley Mills, who's at Notre Dame. Houston Griffin, who's at Notre Dame. All these are Chicago kids. It's a long list of guys.
0: Gotcha. And something I want to ask you about, which is an odd question, but I have a reason for asking it, is when you were growing your business, how much did having the Notre Dame football element on your resume help to attract clientele into your business?
1: Especially in this area, this is a big time. The alumni network is huge up here. Been in the area and I'm in. Like it's two things. Either you love Notre Dame football, or you hate Notre Dame football in this area. So, It definitely helps. Honestly, it really does. It gets you into a lot of doors that you may not get into. It helps spark up a conversation.
0: And the reason I asked that question was because as people that are listening to the show might be business owners or even just trying to grow their career, you have to look at what do you have, what feathers are in your cap that you can use to help grow your brand. So whether it's where you went to school from an education standpoint, did you play a college sports month, you need to use those things to help propel you forward. So I just wanted to throw that into the conversation because I want people to be thinking about what is it that I have in my background that could really help me to advance that I might not be using yet. So for those listening, really think about how can you use your background, your education, where you play ball to help open doors and create opportunities for you. So Carrie, I want to ask you too about what are some of the things that you work with, with these guys to help them to get better?
1: In the off season, really focus on a couple of different things. Number one thing is just getting healthy. We do a lot of injury prevention stuff, a lot of mobility stuff for these guys, just so these guys, it's all about longevity in the league. Then the next thing is just getting faster, right? Every position needs to get faster. And you look at today's game, right? Speed kills. There's really no substitute for speed. I've been a certified speed coach for a couple of years now. Been able to just shave guys 40 times down, getting guys faster in and out the breaks. You know what I mean? Really teaching the athletes like the biomechanics behind the movement then getting that movement pattern stronger, then getting stronger itself, right? And those that are the things that we really focus on in the off-season for my NFL guys is really just injury prevention, a ton of mobility, speed, and strength. Then we also do like the position-specific training as well for some of the athletes, for the defensive backs, the linebackers, and stuff like that. We do it all. But yeah, that's kind of our focal point when it comes to off-season training with those guys.
0: Gotcha. And you also have a brand, I Hate QBs. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I hate QBs. It's really for all defensive players. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's linebacker, DBs, or, or D-line. It's a mindset, right? It's just get out the ball as a figure of speech. It's the mindset that it really takes and what's required to play at that next level. I mean, you think about offensive, the is the most important person to offense. And our job is to make his day, make him very uncomfortable while he's in the pocket. Get him down, we can get the ball out of his hand great. If we can take him out the game, even better, right? If we can keep him on the sideline, you know what I mean? If we can keep the ball out of his hands, it'd give give us a better chance to win.
0: Absolutely. So Carrie, what I want to do now to wrap our show is take you through my two-minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
0: All right. First one is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I want to play in the NFL. I told my grandmother that when I was about 10 or 11 years old. So it came true.
0: There you go. How about who would play you in a movie about your life?
1: Oh, my favorite actor is Denzel. So I think that'd be pretty cool. My life is not that amazing, but I like to see Denzel be me. <laughs> I like to be Denzel. How about that? Denzel <laughs>
0: would do a good job for sure. How about what is your favorite vacation spot?
1: I don't go home a lot. It sounds cliche, but I love just going home, and spending time with my mom and my grandmother back and my best friends back home in North Carolina.
0: Nothing wrong with that. All right. Next question is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor?
1: Favorite ice cream flavor. I'm a big cookies and cream guy. Anything we're dealing with cookies and ice cream and you can mix those up. I'm a fan of.
0: <laughs> there you go. And then you go to the gym afterwards to work it off. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. How about what is a pet peeve of yours?
1: Mm, people who complain. I hate negativity. Just get away from me. If you complain, <laughs> I hate it.
0: Yes. How about what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: I'm a big time podcast guy. I'll listen to Secret to Success or How I Built This or two podcasts I pop on in the morning as I'm going to work or my commute home or if I'm on a road trip or something like that, I'm always listening to podcasts. I listen to too much music and stuff when I'm in the gym. So I try to stay away from music when I'm in the car.
0: I gotcha. Okay. My last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why?
1: Well, we just had this conversation at the gym. I would definitely say Jay-Z. Jay-Z is a big time guy. I've always been a fan of his music and just his life story is amazing. I'll say just LeBron obviously I think he's the best for what he did that what he's doing now right to be a billionaire and be the best player in the world and to be a great father and build schools and I just want to be a sponge like be a fly on the wall and just just learn and just seek that knowledge I would say my fourth one, probably Jeff Bezos. I mean, just to be somebody that's successful, you have to know so much knowledge, right? So again, I just want to be a sponge and just let some of that just run off on me.
0: Gotcha. Well, those are three great choices. And Carrie, as we look to close the show, let people know, how can they follow you? Where are you at on social media?
1: You can follow me at k__neil56 on Instagram. Oh, you can follow Win Performance on Instagram as well. And those are two things that I'm always on, constant on, constant posting. Instagram is the key to get to me. So yeah, Kate underscore Neil five six on Instagram or Win Performance on Instagram.
0: Perfect. We'll have those in the show notes and we'll have your website there as well, so people can learn more about you and keep apprised of all the great things that you are up to. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: No, Jen, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you and move the ball.
0: Thank you and thanks again to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode, please share it with someone else who you think would find the show to be of value. And also, if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. All right. Thank you all again for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball.